Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Welcome to the Build to Last workshop series. I am so excited that you are tuning in and joining me for this very special four-part episode series. So I want you to get ready to do some real work with me. This is a workshop-style podcast series, so definitely grab your pen, a peeper, and don't forget your workbook to download from the show notes. So while you're getting those items, let me share with you the reasoning behind this series. And again, if you are listening to this while you're doing other things, that's totally fine. You could definitely listen in. The implementation of this content and training really, really comes into effect when you can pause and actually follow along in the workbook or take notes. So just as a disclaimer before we get started. So last month, I held my live event called the Summit of Excellence. And while reflecting about the incredible leadership training and connections and relationships that we built during this experience, I really reflected on my desire to continue to deliver more powerful trainings to up-level, to give the school leaders the confidence, the decision-making skills, and some more of that just strategic level of thinking and practical strategies for their center. There are so many of you who were not able to attend the in-person event, and the in-person event is really just a very different type of experience. And so this is why I'm releasing this Build to Last workshop series. So over the course of these four episodes, you are going to learn how to shift your mindset with vital decision-making skills. We're going to talk about how to manage your time more efficiently, right? How to manage your energy and your time so you can get more done and understand the priorities that you need to work on in your center. We're going to talk about how to continue to build your legacy with your school culture and how to get better at navigating conflict. So again, this is a four-part series. Every single week over the next four weeks, we're going to be digging into another specific area. So I'm excited to dig in. Let's get started. It is always a busy time for school leaders. Many times I hear from a lot of our leaders where they say things like, it's just a busy time right now. Like soon, it's not going to be so busy and I'm going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Or soon this is going to happen and you know, then I'm going to be able to do this. And if you've been guilty from that, you could just give me a thumbs up in the comments. Yes, I've been guilty of saying that. I've been guilty of saying, you know, soon it's going to be a less busy time. Soon this is going to happen. Soon this is going to happen. Guys, hashtag in the comments. It's always a busy time. Hashtag in the comments for me. It's always a busy time. Always always, always, always. There's always something going on. There's always something to do. There's always something that's going to be happening. There's always, always, always a busy time. Therefore, it's not about saying soon I'm going to make time for this. Soon I'm going to do this. When this calms down, then I'm going to do that. It's about right now in the here and now, how do I show up better for myself? And that's why today is all about mindset. Today is all about understanding that what you tell your mind, the thoughts that you believe are about what create your reality. That is what creates your reality. And that's what this workshop is really all about. So take a deep breath in. 
and then breathe out all the beliefs that you have until now about school leadership, all the beliefs that you have about time and about mindset and about all these things. Because some of the major shifts are going to happen to the people that commit to saying, I'm ready to open my mind and my heart for something beautiful. I'm ready to open my heart and my mind to something beautiful. So the other thing I want to bring your attention to before we open up to the workbook is there's hundreds of you here live, which means there's hundreds of different phases and stages of growth right now for all of you. Some of you have been doing this for a decade. Some of you have been in this field for a couple of months. Some of you have been doing this for three, four decades, 30, 40 years. Some of you have multiple locations. You guys are in all different phases and stages. What I want you to remember is at every level, you need to up-level your mindset. At every level, there's going to be new challenges. At every level, there's going to be new things that you need to be working on. And so even if you're a veteran and a seasoned leader, welcome. I cannot wait for you to walk away with a new insight that's going to change the trajectory of your school. And if you're a new leader, if you're a new leader, open your heart and mind because you are ready. You are ready for this. You're ready for all of the goodness. So the first thing I want you to do now is open up the workbook to page three and We have our first quote over there that I love. Today's day is all about mindset. That's the first pillar. It doesn't get easier. You get better, stronger, and wiser. It doesn't get easier. You get better, stronger, and wiser. Why do I say this? I'm going to tell a story. My husband works in a school right now, and his boss, the school leader there, the principal of that division, offered him a different position. And we're kind of working through if he's going to take the position or not. But what was really interesting was hearing how the principal kept selling my husband the job. He kept saying, don't worry, it's going to be really easy. And I already have this created for you. And this curriculum is already done. And this is already taken care of. And it's a really good class. And so there won't be a lot of discipline issues. And he was kind of selling him all these like easy things. And I'm like, why do school leaders do that? Why do we sell the easy card? I looked at my husband. I'm like, this is going to be the hardest thing you're ever going to do is running this classroom, leading this thing and something that you've never done before. It's going to be one of the greatest challenges. Please do not buy this garbage that this is easy and it's going to be fine and it's going to be okay. It's not. It's going to be really hard and it's going to be joyful and rewarding and incredible. And as high as the reward and the joy and the satisfaction that you are going to get, that is how high the hardship, the challenges, the ambiguity, the chaos and the craziness and uncertainty is going to be. It comes in correlation. High reward, high meaning, high purpose, high craziness. Right? Hashtag truth in the comments if you agree. Hashtag truth, high reward, high rest. High reward, high meaning, high purpose, hard. So why do I say it doesn't get easier? Because it doesn't. Your job never got easier. You got smarter, wiser, stronger, faster. It is not easier. It is perceived as easier because you have up-leveled your mindset. It is perceived as easier because you no longer look at something that you looked at 20 years ago as, oh my God, it's crazy. Somebody called out to, oh, somebody called out. Okay, now let's go do this, right? It's not easier when someone calls out. It's not easier. You just have learned how to deal with it better, right? This is why when we train the newer directors, it's like, welcome to life. Every day, someone will be calling out. Welcome to being a a director of the school. There will always be someone who's coming late. Welcome to this. Teachers don't always submit deadlines on time. Like, welcome to the reality. And through training, through coaching, through up-leveling your mindset, you will get stronger, better, faster. That is why... We have to run drills. That is why today's training is all about leadership drills. Because in order to get stronger, faster, wiser, and smarter, you have to run the drills. You have to run the maintenance part of becoming a successful leader, right? Why is it that when you have baby number two, you're already proficient, you already know how to do a whole bunch of things, right? How do you know how to change the diaper faster? You know how to do this faster. This is easier. This, you can multitask over here, right? By the time you got four kids, like you could do it with your eyes closed. Why? Is it easier now? No. You're just smarter and wiser. You know what to let go of. You know what's an actual emergency. You know what's not. You learn how to filter it better because you've run the drills. That works like that in marriage. It works like that in relationships. It works like that with your money. It works like that with your health. It works like that with everything. And it works like that in leadership. 
You need to run leadership drills to become a better leader. There are no hacks. There are no tricks. There are no tips. There are no hacks. You have to do the freaking hard work to become the leader that you want to be. You have to do the work. Okay. So what, why do we run drills? Well, if you think about the context of an athlete, an athlete who runs drills, why does he do it? To develop the practice, to constantly um, up his game so that when he's on game time, he's got it. He's got it. Well, do you know what game time is for you guys? When the teacher calls in late, game time. How are you going to show up? You're going to fall apart? You're going to be able to manage that. Game time. Parent walked in, wants to have a difficult conversation. Now, how are you going to respond? Game time. Two teachers are in conflict. You have to figure this out within the next 10 minutes. You're on. How are you going to handle that? Game time. Kid just got bitten. New licensors walking through the door. Game on. How are you going to handle it? It's every single moment of every single day. What is your muscle memory? Is your muscle memory deflection, crying, victimhood, blaming, hiding, procrastinating, saying it's everyone else's fault? It's the government's fault. It's the weather's fault. It's this one's fault. Or is your game on? You've run the drills. You got this. You're built for this season. Game time never ends. Yes, I know. I'm going to talk to you about how to release game time to make sure that you're always ready to be on. Okay? So that's what the drills are for. So let's go to drill number one. What is drill number one? So again, Jamie, such a great thing. Take it on with a positive attitude. That is a skill. To take on something with a positive attitude is a skill. It is not a personality trait. It is not a personality trait to learn how to come and approach something with positivity. It is not set aside for the gifted and the personality people that were born with that. It is a skill. Learning how to approach something with positive mindset. And learning how to approach it like a pro is a skill. It is reserved for all the 1,800 people that are registered here. Every single one of you can learn what it takes to approach every single problem with joy and gratitude. Every single one of you can do it. I don't care how negative you are right now. If you want to learn how to do this, you can. Positivity attitude is a skill. It is a skill. It's not reserved for specific people. So how do we do that? Drill number one. Who are you? When was the last time you thought about what brings you joy in life? What fuels you? Not what fuels your mother-in-law or your partner or your son or the gardener or this or that. What fuels you? What makes you happy? When you are in a state of joy, when we feel good, we act good, okay? So when we're joyful and when we're happy, we act good. So on page four of your workbook, and then let me know in the comments, I wanna hear from you guys. What is your joy list? What are the 10 things that bring you joy that cost zero dollars? Zero dollars. Let me know in the comments. Sleep is a... And fundamental things. So sleeping, eating, those are things that everyone has to do. Sleeping doesn't bring us joy. Sleeping is actually something that we have to do in order to be alive, right? Someone who doesn't sleep for a hundred hours gets permanent brain damage. So sleep is a fundamental. What brings you joy? Some examples, sitting and drinking a cup of coffee in peace, sitting in quiet. Sitting in quiet means you are not holding your phone. That is not called quiet. That is called being on call for other people's stuff. Bringing joy, right? It's usually a hobby. Sitting in peace, listening to music. It is, does not involve responding to anyone else. So while you guys have continued to write that all down, I want to share with you a story. Two weeks ago, I had an owner, owner slash director reach out to me. And she shared with me that she was really, really struggling because she couldn't hire staff. So I'd actually love to hear from you guys in the comments, who is struggling right now with hiring? It's going to be all the 200 people that are live with me right now and the hundreds of other people as well, right? Who's struggling with hiring? Lots and lots and lots and lots of you guys, right? So I was in a conversation and with what's going with this owner and she's like, she was just crying. She's like, this hiring crisis is killing me. Like, this is so, so difficult. I don't know where to find staff. I don't know where to hire. And I sat with her and I listened and kind of, you know, held space for her. And then I said to her, I said, what are you doing that's bringing you joy this week? How are you taking care of yourself? What are you doing? She's like, well, I'm not really doing everything. I'm sp spending kind of every waking minute, you know, looking at resumes and going on Indeed and doing interviews and this. And I have three interviews tonight and all of that kind of stuff. And I said, okay, well, while you're doing all of that, I also want to make sure you're taking time for you. How are you taking care of yourself? So I spoke to her a couple days later after she decided, you know, what she was going to do while she was in this hiring season. And I asked her how her week was. And 
for those of you that are waiting for, you know, a Disney movie ending that she hired all her staff magically and all of, you know, her problems went away, that's not what this is. Again, we're real people. I do not have a genie wand. Here's what did happen. During the week of trying to hire staff, and as she continues to go into those weeks, she decided that when she went to sleep that night, she was going to leave the worries at the door and know that tomorrow morning, she's still going to have all those things waiting for her. And she slept a good night. And the next day, instead of staying home and reading resumes on Indeed, she left her phone at home and went out to dinner with her husband and enjoyed an evening. So no, the staff didn't show up at her door. But while she's navigating this challenging season, she's living. She's living. No one's taking your problems away. Hiring is always going to be a challenge. Things are always going to be challenging. That's why I always say it doesn't get easier. You get wiser, stronger, smarter, and faster. She got wiser. She left her phone at home. Guess what? The teacher that wants to be there is also going to be there when she comes back from dinner. But now she's pouring into her relationship. Let me know in the comments if you want that. If you want to learn the mindset that it takes to stop being a slave to your work, to stop being someone that feels like they're always going to be on that hustle. The work never ends. It's always a busy time. It's always a busy time. And so you have to learn the mindset that it takes to step up. You need to live for yourself. You have one life. One life. You can learn this, Andrea. You can. You're here today because you want to. Thank you for showing up for yourself. I loved seeing all the drills inside of there. It's amazing. So let's go to the next page, page six, which brings me to drill number two, boundaries. I love Brene Brown's quote. When we fail to set boundaries and hold people accountable, we feel used and mistreated. Part of learning how to make space for yourself and also build an incredible school of excellence is learning how to practice these boundaries. And again, Natasha wrote, yes, boundaries. This is a leadership drill, which means it's not one and done. Part of what I'm teaching you here today is this isn't one and done. You don't do scrapbooking once And now you're happy for the rest of your life. You don't drink coffee once outside and watch sunset. You're good. You don't need to watch any more sunset. You need to constantly be doing the things on your joy list to bring you joy. You're not painting a room. You're not just building a closet one and done. You're constantly working on these things. That's why they're drills. It's for that reason. And so boundaries is something you're constantly going to be working on. Yes, getting ahead is the biggest trap in the world. You cannot get ahead. Stop that. Where are you right now? Be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Stop trying to get ahead. In order to create these boundaries, you need to come from the mindset of, I'm always going to be working on this. But we're tired and overworked and a little lazy. And we don't want to always be working on something. We want to just do something once. I was having a conversation with an owner a couple months ago and she's like, this next month I'm working on all my operations and systems and then it's going to be done and it's going to be ready and then I'm going to move on to the next thing. I'm like, no, that doesn't work like that. You don't work on operations and systems once. You work on it your entire life. You don't work on culture once. You work on it your entire life. You don't work on leadership once. Leadership is not a goal. It's a practice. You don't work on your joyless once. You're constantly evolving it. What brought me joy 10 years ago doesn't bring me joy today. 10 years ago, I was a teenager. Like, remember those things. So understanding what brings you joy. And then boundaries. The boundaries I needed to create 10 years ago are very different. The boundaries I needed to create 20 years ago were very different. I wasn't married 20 years ago. I didn't need to create boundaries with my mother-in-law. I didn't need to create boundaries with my in-laws. I didn't have in-laws. I wasn't married. Understand that these things are a work in progress. Yes, so hard. I think I've been in a cycle for so long. I don't know what brings me joy anymore. This is hard work. That's why you have the workbook. Sit with it tonight, Kaylee. Don't just turn the page. Sit with it. What brings you joy? Yes, not the only one to create. There's no such a thing as late. There's That's why there's no such a thing as getting ahead. Maya Angelou's favorite, my favorite quote from Maya Angelou. When we know better, we do better. When we know better, we do better. Natasha, now you know better. Now you're going to do better. Not now I know better. Now I'm going to beat myself up about why I didn't do it 10 years ago. No, 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 no. Now you know better. Now you're going to do better. So the first part of this exercise, when it comes to boundaries, And creating this calendar, which is what we're going to talk about tomorrow, all about calendar creation, is we need to create priorities. So I listed a bunch of things here in the workbook on page six. And what I want you to do is I want you to order them, rank them from one to nine. What is the most important for you? There's family, there's marriage, there's faith, there's physical health, there's rest. Whatever you put as number one is going to be the filter for the first boundary that you need to create. Whatever you create for number one is going to be the first filter for the boundary that you need to create. This is amazing, right? Believe in your heart of hearts. 
that you deserve this, that you deserve to create these boundaries. And that knowing that your pain and your suffering and the struggle is temporary. It's temporary. What you're feeling right now, this feeling of overwhelm, this feeling of frustration, this feeling of anxiety, it's temporary. And the way that it becomes The way that you take it away is by embracing your joyless, by embracing your boundaries, and by embracing the third drill that I'm going to talk about in a moment. It's looking at those things. There's no shortcuts. There is no pill that I can give you that will hire your staff. There is no magical drug that you could take that all of a sudden you won't have anxiety. Please stop that. Recognize that the work starts here and here, not what you put into your mouth. Those are the quick fixes. So let's work through some of the questions here because this is very, very powerful. Who is one person in the school that you want to design a boundary with? I want you to think, because again, I need to make this super practical for you guys. So you leave this training with something super tangible. Think about the people in your school and think about what you wrote in your priority list. Through family, is there someone in the school that you need to create a boundary with so that you could be more present with your family? If you wrote faith as your number one boundary, is there someone in the school that you need to create a boundary with so that you can honor your faith more? This is the lens I want you to think about it from. Whatever you wrote, your mental, emotional well-being. Do you need to create a boundary with someone because that's impacting your mental and emotional well-being? Again, we take it slow. We don't say we're creating boundaries for everyone. Everyone get the hell out of my office. I'm locking my door. Nobody talk to me for the next 10 hours. That's not boundaries. That's called survival. That's shock and craziness. You're a leader. You come from a place of empathy, accountability. You're methodical about how you go about things. Boundaries with my boss. So that's the first thing. The next thing, how will the boundary impact the culture of my school? When I create this boundary with this specific person, it's not all parents. You pick one person. You start with one person. Let's say you pick Miss Anne. She's the parent. You're picking her and she's the person you're creating a boundary with. You can't practice leadership drills with all the parents. When someone's practicing drills, they're not practicing shooting hoops and dribbling and passing and throwing and catching and, you know, knocking things through their legs all at the same time. They're not. They're practicing one drill at a time and then they go to the next one and then they go to the next one and then they come back to the first one and they come back to the next one and then they go back and then they go back again you don't do all the parents at once stop thinking that you're superwoman you're not you're a woman you are a person you are not a machine you are not a machine you are a person you need to rest and sleep and find joy and pleasure and excitement you're a person you are not a machine every time i say these things and i look at the comments i'm like Why are you thinking that you can do all of this? Society thinks that you can do all of this. And then if you can't, you're weak. No, you're not. You're a person. You're not a machine. You cannot create boundaries with 40 parents. You're a person. One at a time. You are a person. There you go. Paula says she wants to create a boundary with herself because she overworks. I love that. That's beautiful. Pick one person in your family. Not everyone. One person. One person. And then the reason I ask you to answer the question, why does it impact your culture, is because the moment it's going to get ugly and hard, you're going to run away because we don't like confrontation and we don't like when things are hard and we don't like when things are uncomfortable and then we run away. And that's why we need to be connected with our why. How does it impact your culture when you create a boundary with this person so that when it gets really hard, you're still going to lean in. You're going to lean into the discomfort. How scared are you to have this conversation? Scale of one to 10, answer that question. If it's asserting more power over office manager, is that a boundary with me? So again, mindset. Do you need to assert more power over her? Or do you need to communicate with her how her lack of boundaries and her communication is impacting you and the culture? Verbiage, words matter. This is why I have a scripts workbook um, on our podcast, our Schools of Excellence podcast. If you, have, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast or heard about our podcast, make sure you go subscribe. We have a scripts workbook in our directors in our circle and our owners HQ. I talk a ton about scripts. Words matter. How you communicate the boundary matters. Good stuff. Next one, what is a non-negotiable that you need to design for your home life to be your best self? So when you look at your boundaries, what is something that needs to start becoming a non-negotiable for yourself in the way that you design your home life? What is something that becomes non-negotiable? Is it that you sit down and have breakfast every morning? Is it that you get to enjoy a podcast that you listen to on the way to work and you don't answer calls? Is it that you don't look at social media until 10 o'clock? What is it? Connie says, I'm making excuses. I need to create a boundary with myself. I love that. Dinner together as a family. The next level, and this is what I talk a lot about in our legacy group, is like when you create the boundary, you also need to know in advance when you're going to violate the boundary, okay? Because we all sometimes violate our own boundaries. 
But in advance, when you choose, when does it get violated? You create better boundaries even for the boundary. So let's say, for example, during launch week, during a week like this, I don't take any calls. It is a boundary that I've created so I can have time and space to show up as my best self. But then I make exceptions. When do I accept a call? And so I have two filters on that of when does something get into my calendar? It's a boundary. But then I also communicate, when do I break the boundary? These are the exceptions to the boundary. We eat dinner together as a family every single night, seven days a week. Every single night we eat dinner together as a family. When do I break the boundary? When is it okay for us not to eat dinner together as a family around the table? Because we also want to create the nuances and the variances to the boundary. Because life is not black and white. It's nuanced. It's ambiguous many times. So don't create these hard and fast rules. And then when you break them, you shame yourself and you give excuses. And you're like, you see, I told you it doesn't work. No, 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 no. It works. You need to create more nuance around it. No email after 6 p.m., 10 p.m. bedtime. Unless you're going out with your husband or unless you're invited to a wedding or unless there's an engagement party of your sister. 10 p.m. bedtime is amazing. And then there's also times that we break it. So much engagement. It's amazing. Why is it important to the quality of your life to do this? Okay, I want to hear from you guys. Because let's bring some things here together. Because so many times people are like, I don't need to work on my mindset. I already know all the strategies. I already know all the things that I need to do. You know, what what, what new thing am I going to learn? And here's what you need to recognize about mindset. What I'm talking to you about today are the leadership drills. These are the practices that we always need to embrace every time you go to the next level. So every time you reach a new milestone in your school, whether now you have more students or now you have more staff or now you have another center or now you're going to do acquisition. I just did a whole acquisition with another owner on five locations. I'm like, now you need to up-level your mindset again. Now you own 11 locations. Someone who owns 11 locations needs a different mindset than someone who owns one or two, or even five. Every time you up-level, you need to up-level your mindset. You need to find a new joy list. You need to relook at your boundaries. You need to look at your routines and habits. This is something that's always evolving. And this is the hard part. And this is the part that nobody talks about or wants to do. And that's why I talk about it. Because these are part of the sustainable pillars for excellence. You can go learn somewhere how to run and run and run and run. I had a conversation last week with a director of ours who's actually in our director's inner circle. And she said, we're just finishing the pipeline of enrollment. We have a whole bunch of kids coming in. And so every day next week, I'm coming in the evening and I'm going to be doing tours. And I said, why do you have to do it all in one week? Why can't it be over the next two weeks you finish the pipeline of new enrollment? She goes, well, I just want to get it over with already. I just want to finish it. Like, we'll just finish it all next week. I'll just work every evening and that's it. And I said, at what cost, my love? At what cost are you going to work 18 hour days for five days? And why? Why? You're not a freaking machine. Do it over two weeks. You'll do two evenings and two evenings. The kids will still be there. You're not going to lose enrollment. Stop killing yourself for the hustle badge. Rip it off. Throw it in the trash. Put on the badge of I'm human. I'm not a machine. I need to sleep. I need to eat. I need to spend time in my relationships and with my children. My kids are only five once. And so I had a really long conversation and she was like, okay, right? And and she was like, I'm going to break it down into two weeks. I am. She didn't even think that she could work a little less crazy. Sometimes we pick the hard way. We just want to show we're strong. We could do this. You could. You don't have to prove it to yourself. You could. You don't have to prove it to anyone else. You could. You could do this. I want to share with you a story about a client of ours who started in our directors in our circle and moved her way into our Owner's HQ program when we opened that up as well. PC Griffin is the owner of the Growing Room Preschool in Cincinnati, Ohio. And when she first came to the Summit of Excellence, she was working 80 hours a week. She had high blood pressure and was just working way harder than she needed to. She was just trying to wing it, trying to stop all the chaos that was happening in her center. But the biggest thing she was really looking to shift was the culture around turning her center into a career for her teachers and for them to stop looking at their jobs as being babysitters. She wanted to raise the standards. She wanted to create a culture where people were proud of where they went to work. 
So I want to share with you Missy's story here. We grew really rapidly and we hired a big chunk of people at once. And I had never really done hiring. I had a one-room school for 17 years. And I thought I could just wing it and figure it out as I go. And so I made tons of mistakes, made a mess, was operating out of fear of not having employees and not being able to make payroll and losing students and things like that. And my school was excellent and it was, and it always had been. We had a great reputation. We were growing so rapidly and I was ruining it. And it, that was killing me because it was my baby. And so I went online and tried to figure out what I was going to do about that and repeatedly saw Connie's name. So I was like, all right, I, I was looking for a book or something. Like I didn't even know these kind of things existed. So we came, I came last year and I remember sitting out there and looking at the women up here that were on the inner circle. And I was just thinking, wow, they're running really great schools and I'm not, and I'm going to get there. And so what I, my biggest epiphany was I didn't have to dumb down and take anybody. It was an excellent school and I needed to remind myself of that. And it was a, a pleasure to, it's a privilege to work there. So, and because it is an awesome school. And so I needed to meet my standards for that. And so what I started doing was creating the standards of excellence through the program. And it was life-changing. And and so I realized that um, just like with our kids, we set high expectations for them, and when they meet them, they're proud of themselves. And I don't know why that didn't sink in, but as soon as we set the standards high for the teachers and told them crystal clear what they at least had to meet, then they all kind of rose to the challenge, and they all think of it as a career now where it was, like I had one teacher tell me it felt like babysitting, and I was like, oh, ouch. Not that that's like a bad thing, but yeah. that's not what I'm running here. This is, yeah. this is a school of excellence. Yes. Yes. And, so, and I knew it, but I couldn't get it across to anybody else. So what I needed to do was quit not raising the bar for them. And, and when, as soon as I did, it was like overnight almost. They, you know, we had them sign their standards and, and they instantly rose to the occasion. And my life went from chaos and crazy. Like my blood pressure had gone up. I hadn't seen my husband in a month. <laughs> like it was crazy. I was working like 80 hour weeks and still failing. And, and I couldn't do any more than I was doing. I was just doing it wrong. So now I'm working half as much. My blood pressure's down. It's amazing. So this group of women that I was so excited to watch and observe and I was so envious of, I can't believe I'm sitting up here. You may have found yourself nodding your head or just taking a deep breath when you heard Missy share her story. You may resonate with parts of it and part of it may be your life right now. And I want you to know that Missy's story isn't unique or special. It's a story of thousands of school owners who are struggling to really get out of the chaos and get out of survival and really learn the systems, the processes, and the most importantly, the mindset to be a leader and build a school of excellence. So if you're interested in learning more about our directors in our circle, our Owners HQ program, I invite you to apply. Our link is in the show notes. The reason we have an application process is because this group is a small curated experience of owners and directors who are really committed to their growth, to the pursuit of excellence, and to building long-term sustainability, legacy, and profit in their schools. I look forward to seeing your application and I hope you join us. Let's go to drill number three, which is releasing stress and inviting the calm. Releasing stress and inviting calm and rest. So let's start off with the quote that I have over here from David Allen. Much of the stress that people feel doesn't come from having too much to do. It comes from not finishing what they started. Give me a hell yes in the comments if you resonate with that. Let me know in the comments. Much of your stress that people feel doesn't come from having too much to do. It comes from not finishing what you started. Yes, 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 yes. Preach. I will, girl. I will. Rabbi's daughter here. Lots of love. Lots and lots of love in the comments here. I'm loving it. Every day, there are stressors of the day. And if you don't release the stressors of the day, they accumulate and compound and impact your ability to lead and make decisions. Every single day, you are going to have stressors. The goal of leadership and the goal of coaching and investing in yourself is not to not have any stress. It's to learn how to release the stress from the day, manage it, and show up and be the best leader you can be the next day. And so the first part of recognizing your stressors and releasing them, again, COVID is a stressor if you choose it to be. Again, everything is a choice. Everything is your mindset. You get to decide what you believe, okay? So the first thing I want you to do in the workbook is what are the three stressors in your day? Currently, in your day, what are the top three stressors? What are the top three things that 
when it comes up in the day or whatever it is that makes you feel tightness in your chest. You start speaking a little faster, you fire off things or you become curt or you start deflecting, you start blaming. Lack of staff is a stressor, okay? What else? A hundred emails in your inbox is a stressor. Again, let's all share, okay? We are community here. We are a community here. There are hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of you guys live here. Almost 2,000 of you. We're a community. Look and see what are other people's stressors. Short deadlines, entitled parents, constant interruptions, several people needing something from me all at once. Call outs. Entitled parents, not enough time to complete stuff, difficult conversations, HR issues, staff conflict. People ask me questions they, they know they need to ask someone else. Difficult parents. Look at this. Look at the camaraderie here, right? How amazing does it feel to not feel alone? You are not the only person dealing with this. This is what community is. Real community. Looking and supporting one another. Amazing. Phone calls from my elderly parents when I'm in the middle of hard stuff. Yes. So those are some of the top three stressors of the day. So now we want to look at what are the three to five activities that you can do that can release stress from your day. So just like you have stressors that come into your day, call outs, all the things that you said, what are the things you're going to do that will release the stress from your day? And typically releasing stress involves some sort of physical activity, right? Because it's been proven by science and data research that when you move your body, you release the stressors from the day. You need practical strategy right after you have a difficult conversation. How do you release the stress from your body? Think of it in the context of the gazelle, right? The lion chases the gazelle. The lion misses the gazelle or whatever it is. The lion gets gets away. The gazelle gets away. What does the gazelle do? You've all seen this video. It shakes. The gazelle shakes its body. Why does it do that? It releases the trauma and the stress of the run, of the kill, of the hunt. And then it continues galloping on. You need ways to release stress in the moment. When you get the text message, when you get the ping and the ding and the bling, I'm not coming today. What do you do to release that stress? That's an immediate stressor on your body. How do you release it? You can't go to bed right then. You got to deal with all the shit. How do you release the stress? Walk, go take a walk, take a deep breath, go find the duckies to cuddle, put on your song, right? It's got to be something at your fingertips. Release, release the stress. It's got to be released. Release it. Be the confident, strong, bold leader who doesn't verbal vomit their stress on other people. Release it on your own and then have a normal conversation. You've got to get it out of your system. Awesome, right? Do the hokey pokey. I do that. Literally do the hokey pokey dance. Put your right hand in, get it out of your body. So that is releasing stress. Now let's go to inviting the calm. It's different. Rest is not idleness. And to lie sometimes in the grass under the tree on a summer's day, listening to the murmur of water or watching the clouds float across the sky is by no means a waste of time. So now there's inviting calm and rest. That's mindfulness. That's meditation. Those are inviting the calm. They don't release the stress. They invite the calm. How do we actually invite that? So right now what we're going to do is we are going to take a pause here from me doing all the talking and we are going to invite someone who's actually become an amazing friend over the last couple of years. Her name is Sharon Hobson. She is the owner of La Bella Vita Montessori in Omaha, Nebraska. Hi, Sharon. Hey, it's so good to be here. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining. The reason I chose Sharon to come on here to really talk, to help kind of continue the conversation around mindset, joyless, leadership drills, boundaries, inviting calm, releasing stress is because Sharon and I met in December of 2018. So it's, we've been around the block a few times together. And so I really want you to hear a little bit about her story of where she started and then some of the things that she's done consistently to get to where she is today. And she'll talk a little bit about that as well. So Sharon, thanks so much again for being here. Take us back to December of 2018, which feels like a decade ago. It does. But, you know, I do remember it very clearly because I talk about it with staff consistently about what it used to be like and kind of to give them the hope that it can get better over time, depending on how we respond to things. And like you said, putting in the time and what we do. So yeah, about three and a half years ago, you know, I had the school and basically I was measuring everything that we were doing well, just on the basis that we were making money, but that was not 
having a good business. <laughs> I was not happy. I was doing everything myself. And one of the hardest things that I ended up finding out is that my teachers based their mood every day on what I look like and how I acted when I walked through the door. And, you know, when I found that out, that, I mean, I was very lucky to find that out. I really do. But it was hard because then what do you do? Like, again, I said, I was doing everything myself and I was walking in nitpicking every day at everyone having expectations of people, but you very clearly showed me that um, unless I tell them they what the expectations are, I can't expect them to know what to do. And so for me, it was, I had to change my mindset first and I had to humble myself to say, I don't know it all and I can't do it all by myself. And that was the first thing I had to do. Because if I didn't start doing those and instilling those things in me and then showing others that it can be done, it was never going to happen. And, and that so, was really the biggest takeaway so far from everyone is that they're not a machine. They're human. Like right. if we look at the comments, like it's just, I'm not a machine. I'm not a robot. I'm human, which means I can't do everything by myself. So I love that that was also your first epiphany of just what the next steps were. Absolutely. So, you know, I had to start engaging others. And like you said, I had to start doing these drills. And, you know, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, I've learned for three and a half years now, but, you know, some of the very first ones, and is that what you want me to go over? Kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some of the things. Of course. Yeah, of course, was like, you know, gratitude. That was one of the very first things I needed to start doing with my staff is showing them that I appreciated them and that they were just appreciated as a teacher and a member of the school and that they added value to this school each and every day and that I trusted them. And so that was, you know, a big epiphany for me. But the things that, you know, you were talking today about just like, a joy list and boundaries and releasing stress. Those were all things that I did not know how to do. Again, I thought I did, but Mm. I really didn't. I thought I was doing them, but I really wasn't doing them. How did you know the difference between? Because I think a lot of people that are live here can possibly fall into that camp of like, well, I think I am doing that. How did you know that you weren't? Reflection. So that is something as you will know, you know, I process everything and I'm a reflector. So each and every day that I um, work with my teams and things at the end of the day or the next day, I'm always reflecting of how did that go today? And, you know, what happened? And so at that time, I was reflecting on a lot because there was so much going on. And I had to say that, you know, I'm not happy. So if I'm not happy, what do I need to do? I need to bring some joy into my life. And well, my God, what does even joy look like? And so I really had to define these things for myself very, you know, early on to say, I don't even know what these things are, honey. Help me with this. I I can't even define the words joy. <laughs> I mean, I love what I do, right? We all yeah. love what we do. But that doesn't mean that that's the joy in our life. We have to separate that sometimes, even though like I have super joy of doing one-on-ones, but I still have to do other things too yeah. to energize myself and to give myself and be the best I can for the teachers and the staff that I have. So what was kind of that next step for you? So one was I had you (laughs) and I had more than even just you. I had a group of people that we were all going through the same thing. And so just like today, people are saying, oh, I resonate with that. Yes, I get that. We were there for each other to say, yes, this is happening, but we didn't sit in it. We came above that and said, okay, now what are we going to do about it? And how can we support each other in doing that? So, you know, wherever you are, as long as, you know, if you have some support team that has that same mindset and that they want to grow, that will happen. And so that's what happened for me is that I found these people, right? And they helped me along with you, of course, to have and help my mindset of growing that this can be better. I can have joy. I can release some stress. I can have boundaries, which still, as many years I've been with you, I still have difficulties with. Let's talk still, about that. Yeah. So just in general, the things that I'm still going No, 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 no. Oh, just, boundaries. just boundaries. Like, again, a lot of times we think, oh, I just need to do boundaries. It's not just. Like, let's unpack that a little bit, what we spoke about today of like the people that and why, you know, you heard me say this and I say this all the time. One person, one boundary, not a thousand. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah. So you just have to, you know, yeah, you do. You go by that one person and you figure out like, what is the one that's like kind of 
on you all the time, right? Like that it's mm. the hardest. And sometimes you want to do the opposite, right? You want to kind of do the easiest because you don't want to have the difficult conversation. <laughs> but if you can, if you know, if you can't, that's fine. You start right. small and you build. But if you can find that one person or that one thing that is really, you know, just daunting on you, and you're like, if I could just set a little bit more boundaries with them, mm. and you know, even if it was just like, you know, they're consistently texting me after 6 p.m., right? If you can just get rid of one thing at a time and put that as your priority. Okay, I'm going to figure out how I can do this one item of setting this one boundary. Because again, like you're saying, if you just do it all together, then it's just another overwhelming yeah. thing that you've just put on yourself. Yeah. And so it's just that one at a time. And then once that one's gone, you can take a breath. Notice how Sharon broke that down. She's like, okay, one teacher, one boundary. You're going to put the boundary, no more texting after 6 p.m., right? So micro, so simple. And what happens is, is that builds momentum, right? So that's the ripple effect of like, okay, I did it. I achieved success. I can do this. You build internal confidence. Let's talk about what you're doing, you know, in your evolution. You started in our director's inner circle. You were kind of director owner, and now you're really the owner, you're in our CEO legacy group, you're out of the day-to-day operations. This has been just a huge journey. How are you continuing to evolve your mindset of releasing stress and just inviting to up-level yourself? I will say that is a challenge for me is releasing stress. Mainly, again, not going into it in this season right now, it's not work that's stressing. It's a family situation. And so that's a different kind of stress and that's off to the side. And if I didn't have my team that I have, I wouldn't be able to deal with that. So really taking work off myself a lot has, has dealt is with my stress levels. But yeah, just being able to look at things and say, again, it's giving yourself permission to do something or not do something. I have had and, and still struggle. Again, I think that's you were talking about that earlier is the fact that it's not a one and done. Like, oh, I've conquered that. Oh, I've conquered stress. I, go, I, go <laughs> I love it. I've, I've conquered, conquered stress. stress. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to keep coming back in a lot of different forms. And so you have to take each situation and in that season that you're in. And, you know, I'm three and a half years in. Yes, I'm in the legacy CEO group and I feel like we're doing great, but it's still some things that I work on every single day. And stress is one of those of having to figure it out. And, you know, luckily I do have, you know, I, and it's taken a long time to really get this incredible team that I have that I can can talk to them about and they even are like okay well then you need to go home early or oh you need to spend some time with Scott my husband or oh go home to those puppies and mm-hmm. just hug on them yeah. right because they also know what relieves my stress sure and so they even help me to know hey Sharon it's okay you're the owner sometimes yeah. it's like you're the owner you can do what you want but yeah. you know they want to be able to help me with that and so we do have to look to others too yeah and in order to to get that help and and know that it is okay even if it's just 10 minutes or it's 15 like you said to go have you know a drink of coffee in the storage room all by yourself yeah so it's the only place you can find right multitasking is not just over multitasking is wrong so Sharon you know before I let you go here and, and give everyone their challenge for today Many people are are listening to you talk and they're like, wow, like I want that or I was there once and now you're not there anymore, you know, and now you're in a different season. And so the first myth I want to bust is like, yes, she's not in that place. And now she has a new set of challenges. And now there's and it's not a bad thing. It's every new level invites new challenges. And that's the mindset of the lead of being a school leader. Bring it on. I want the next challenge. I want the next thing because it makes me stronger. It brings me joy. It brings purpose. It brings meaning in my life. And so the biggest mindset shift I want you to walk away from Sharon's story is not, oh, now she doesn't have any problems anymore because she doesn't deal with that. No, like, and that's never her goal. It's how do I consistently become even stronger and wiser and invite this beauty into my life in the day to day? So Sharon, I'd love if you can just share with all the people here, you know, just some hope, some inspiration for those that are really deep in some struggle and some hardship right now and need to up-level their mindset and look at it differently. I think, again, I was there. I mean, I was deep into denial, first of all, that I could ever do better. And one was that literally, I just took it step by step by step. And I kept working and I kept saying, it's going to work. I know it is. And, you know, the other things I would do, I would invite someone in with me, 
right? Mm -hmm. Like invite someone in to what I was thinking and the mindset and, oh my gosh, here, I want to show you and I want to list or I want to tell you about all these new things I'm learning. Mm -hmm. And it kind of brought them into this mindset. And then it was like, they wanted someone else to join that. And so it started kind of spreading in the school to where more people were thinking it. So you had this little bit more of a group that you could discuss these cool things with, and this is what I'm doing and kind of having each other's backs, but it is work and it's, it doesn't have to be like, it is hard work. I don't want to say that, but it can be joyful work, right? Because you see what comes out of it. So yes, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And then you're like, wow, because I work so hard, look at the outcome. This is exciting. And so, you know, here I am. Yeah. Three and a half years later. And yeah, some people might go, oh, I want your life. Well, great. <laughs> work really hard. And then guess what? You get here and you're still working freaking hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I still am working on my calendar every day yes. because it's just a new calendar. It's just new things, new challenges, new things to put on it, new projects, you know, I'm bringing in new staff. Well, that enhances that, right? It's just other things, you know, new school. Well, guess yeah. what? That brings on more challenges, yeah. but you can also find the joy in it. And that's the piece of it because now I know how to handle it. I know the steps to take. I don't have to hear that and go, oh my gosh, now I'm so stressed. And what do I do? And how do I do it? Now I have the steps. I have what I need to do to, to make it better. And I don't have to be that stressed anymore. So I would say, you know, I love all of that. Thing. I love yeah. all of that. <laughs> yeah. and, and the last thing is, is like, again, your mindset, your brain, your mind is what goes with you wherever you go at every yes. single stage, at every single thing, what you feed your mind is what takes you. And so Sharon's going through some exciting expansion phases and new buildings and just an incredible opportunity. And you can look at it as amazing opportunity, or you can look at it as, oh my God, look how much stress I have in my life. It's a choice. It's a choice. So I just, I really want to express gratitude for having you in my life, for being such a positive role model to so many people here we just have in the comments like people are just so grateful and thank you for continuing to doing the work and for showing that it doesn't get easier but we get wiser stronger better faster and we bring the joy with us so thank you for your friendship thank you for everything and thanks for joining us here i always love talking Absolutely. to you thanks thanks sharon I want to go to our last part of the day, which is the last part of the workbook, which is today's challenge. Today's challenge is do one stress-releasing activity and one inviting calm activity. Your soul and your heart are kind. Please use kindness to be kind to yourself. Be the boss you are for your people. Be it for yourself. Be gentle, be calm, be kind, and give yourself a break. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you for choosing you, for showing up for you, for believing that you deserve this time. I hope that you took beautiful inspiration and thank you for being the school leaders that show up every single day if you are loving the schools of excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school i would love if you can do two things for me one subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and two can you please leave us a review Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.